take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle. Can you believe that we are at the end of 2022? I don't know about you, but it has felt like a whirlwind year for me. I thought it would be appropriate being that this is the last week of 2022 to look back over the last year and see where it started and where it appears to be going. January 2023 will reflect the third anniversary of COVID hitting our country and making societal changes around the world. I have felt like I've been living in some alter universe throughout 2022 with what appears to have been a semi-attempt at moving on as if what happened in 2020 and 2021 didn't precede 2022. Those of us that, let's just say, are part of the resistance have been trying to keep the American public aware of what has actually happened and what they've actually been denied and what identifying injustices that have actually occurred while trying to keep up with the science that seems to be coming out in agreement with all those that were formerly called conspiracy theorists right-wing wackos, and the infamous anti-vaxxers. I've been baffled with how 2022 behaved. Um, Then the Emily Oster article that got published in The Atlantic kind of wrapped it all up for those of us who consider ourselves awake. Professor Oster was declaring a pandemic amnesty and basically said that, yeah, there were people and even public health authorities who made bad choices. Maybe they were made even mistakes and made too strong of mandates. And those who resisted, she said, or tried to expose the science that contraindicated the public health guidances and guidelines were just lucky people who just happened to make a choice that science would later support. She went on to say, it's time to move on and let bygones be bygones, and let's let the pandemic be a thing of the past and move forward. The article set the truther movement literally on fire, and social media influencers like myself and thousands of other influencers who were among the population that Oster had declared those who just happened to be lucky enough to be proven right with science in 2022 were the ones who were lit ablaze making posts reminding Oster and all those who want to pretend like what all happened in 2020 and 2021 should be moved on from should have another thing coming if they think we are moving on. If all that happened in 2020 and 2021, they think should be moved on from. No, let's let 2022 be a good review and reminder 
of what we don't ever want to see happen again in this country. And I think we need to reflect on what is it that the Oster apologists want us to move on from um, so that we know exactly what the American people need to target and uh, on an unrelentingly make sure that we vote against, speak out against, and do what they can, what Americans can do to influence others to make sure those things never happen again. 2020 is a year that will live in infamy, a year that a medical condition was so hyper-politicized that it forced the country to take, uh, really take political sides as it pertains to a medical condition. Honestly, who could have seen that one coming? Remember how every single day CNN and Fox News were keeping a daily death count of how many Americans were dying from the disease, even those whose eyes were wide open early were tempted to fear a sense of impending doom upon ourselves and our families. Americans didn't miss the daily interactions from the White House, keeping us informed of the ever-growing rising death rate and evolving news around the mysterious new virus known as COVID-19. Now, that year's president was visible to us literally every single day. And like him or not, he put himself in front of the press and the public on TV every single day. He, let's just say, hired what I assume he presumed to be the best and brightest to speak to the American public and educate us on viruses and how they're spread and how we can protect ourselves by following their simple guidelines. Number one recommendation, staying at home, don't go to work and don't go to school, etc. Eventually, those experts told us that not only should we stay home, but we should keep a certain distance apart from each other. And before you knew it, if the stores had, before you knew it, the stores had stickers everywhere, six feet apart. Then those experts told us we should wear masks to slow and stop the spread of this most feared virus. You could literally not go anywhere without the propaganda of fear regarding this virus being played overhead at any store, stickers on the fronts of doors telling you the businesses are closed or that you could not enter without a mask. And every day the public was watching our president on TV. And this is the same president who called the formed and called the committee warp speed task force, um, you know, to get propelling some kind of solutions for us in America. And didn't that sound really good? Warp speed. I really like that. That's what we wanted. After all, we wanted warp speed resolution of this nation altering virus We wanted our American lives back as fast as possible. Business owners wanted their businesses to thrive like they did before the virus took all their customers away. And school kids and college kids all over the country were aching to be back with their peers. Our President Trump appeared to be trying to keep us informed by the experts. The majority of us had never heard of Anthony Fauci or Deborah Burks, but suddenly the populace was hanging literally on their every word. If you were to look back on some of those videos, it may surprise you. Donald Trump stepping back and letting the presumptive experts step forward and speak on the science 
that Donald, Donald Trump was clearly notifying us that he was humbly not the expert on. We don't usually associate humility, you know, with Donald Trump. But if you're honest with yourself, um, as you view hundreds and hundreds of videos of the Warp Speed Committee talking to the American public, you would have to admit that our president in 2020 gave us daily reassurances that he was going to do the best he could to do what the experts were guiding him to do and say for the sake of the American people. I do try to remind my people that reach out to me that the much-hated orange man, as his detractors like to call him, never professed to be a vaccine expert. Rather, let's just say he hired the already established presumptive experts that have been in positions of authority regarding viruses and public health for decades. Did you ever think of it like that? Could either side, Democrat, Republican, or Independent, really condemn Trump's choice to do so? So now we are in 2022. I suspect a large population of the U.S. uh, were hoping to hear the infamous words from Trump, you're fired, from the 2020 uh, president, but we never did. And I hope one day we'll know the true animus that may have actually existed between the Trump, between Trump and his public health officials. But if you listen to my three-part series on 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals, you will discover that the majority of American medical establishment of nurses and doctors in this nation are actually poorly informed, poorly educated and certainly nothing close to an expert on anything as it pertains to vaccines. So if America's own medical community is ignorant regarding vaccines, what would make us presume that the orange businessman president is any different? He did what successful businessmen do. They hire what they believe is the best and brightest And we may never know if he would have fired those experts had he won the 2020 election. Maybe he'll tell us one day. We would all have to wait until 2022 under another president for the published inside account of the Trump administration's response to the COVID-19 pandemic from the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator and Coronavirus Task Force member, Dr. Deborah Burks. Um, because she published a book in 2022 called The Silent Invasion, the untold untold story of the Trump administration, COVID-19, and preventing the next pandemic before it's too late. Now, I've only gotten snippets of her testimony, uh, but there was a CNN article published and several others about her book. And she does blame slow communication and interpersonal conflicts with the Trump administration hurting the initial response to COVID-19 in the U.S. She admits that Trump chilled on her stark projections of the damage the virus could do. She blames the Trump-appointed Dr. Robert Redfield for minimizing the virus to be more flu-like. However, isn't it interesting how many of the COVID-vaccinated people who went on to catch covid even after multiple COVID vaccinations, were quick to inform the public that their COVID experiences were mild and flu-like. 
and how thankful they were to have gotten the COVID vaccine. They were literally in mass eager, wanting to assure everyone that the reason their COVID was so mild and flu-like was because they got their vaccine. I don't know about you listeners out there, but for me, it almost felt otherworldly in 2021 to have President Obama in May of 2021 and Dr. Fauci himself and President Biden and the First Lady, the Vice President President Harris, the White House Press Secretary Saki, and so many of the Biden staff repeat the predictable same statement. We have tested positive for COVID and our symptoms are mild and we are grateful to be vaccinated and boosted. It's a reminder for us to get vaccinated and for you to get vaccinated if you haven't already. Even as cases go down, if you haven't already gotten your booster to help prevent more serious symptoms and giving COVID to others, go get your booster like we did. Now, let's not forget President Trump and Melania also got COVID before there was a vaccine. Just one month, actually, before the November election of 2020, they also had a mild case of COVID. Trump was actually advised to go to Walter Reed Memorial Hospital, though he also had mild symptoms. And while he was wearing a suit and tie, he sent a video to the United States population boasting that he took the successful monoclonal antibody cocktail. And he also boasted that he was taking zinc, vitamin D, melatonin, aspirin, and famatidine, a heartburn medicine that brave doctors knew early on would help COVID. But this helpful information would be censored and the information limited to the the American public because of public health officials and later the Biden administration would mock the people who took such treatments as even vitamin D. It's really a sad testimony, but Trump, you know, also survived being given this uh, shockingly, you may be surprised to remember that Trump actually got given remdesivir. Um, However, there are studies out there that show if remdesivir is actually given in the first seven to 10 days, It does have some success at reducing the bad outcomes with COVID. It doesn't mean that its risk for the liver and the kidney renal function is not diminished, but there are studies showing that it does help if given early. But sadly, the majority of Americans who um, have been entering into the hospital settings, you know, they're not given other options. They were just given remdesivir and most of them were told to stay home until they couldn't breathe anymore, which meant they had progressed disease, which was past the viral replication phase. And um, they were being given a viral, an antiviral drug too late and ended up with negative complications because of that. President Trump televised to us from the public, to the public from Walter Reed, and he was home pretty quickly tweeting to America, I'm feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration, some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. That that really stood out to me. And according to CDC recommendations, three months later, if we don't forget, Trump got his COVID vaccine and thankfully did not have any complications with it. Because it's important for us to review where we have been, let's not forget Trump was mocked for not wearing his mask like Biden did. And the media blamed that fact on why Trump got COVID. 
But Biden, who not only got four COVID vaccines and reported that he always wore his mask, not only got COVID-19 during July of 2021, but Biden got it twice thanks to the FDA-approved Paxlovid that causes rebound COVID. Now, how many details do you really remember being given by the Biden administration? How much did they report to the public about all the therapeutics Biden got? You know, just like we heard a lengthy, everybody was publishing everything that Trump got. Did Biden just take Paxlovid and nothing more? Most writings about his his bout with COVID, the authors attempt to educate the public on why the FDA-approved Paxlovid is still good to take in spite of all its failings. Um, But did he also take vitamin D or the monoclonal antibodies? And was remdesivir pushed on him like so many Americans before him through 2020 and 2021? Um, Our American citizens have not been given choices when they were hospitalized. So was why was President Biden not given remdesivir? And why are these questions not being asked? The American people spent 2020 and 2021 being given one option, remdesivir. And suddenly their four-time vaccinated president gets COVID and he just gets Paxlovid? Hmm. Back in 2020, it was pretty easy to find out just how many people were dying Um, from COVID because the death ticker was on the news every single day. But good luck trying to find that information since the vaccine rollout. According to the Washington Post, not all tracking sites use the same sources or report dates. So case and death numbers can differ. And don't I know it trying to give you information. Could we just please remember that millions of people who got COVID in 2020, remember the thousands of cases that were reported daily to be positive? I mean, we have 330 million U.S. citizens. And in July of 2020, the CDC reported that the number of confirmed cases in the United States surpassed 3 million. By August, it was 5.4 million. And by the end of 2020, deaths from COVID would exceed 19.9 million cases. So only 19 million were confirmed to have COVID. But it's presumed to be higher, being that most people did not have severe COVID or even go and get tested. And people were very resistant to even get tested. They just treated themselves and never got tested. So we know that number is higher than 19 million. 530 million of that 19 million who did test regrettably died. So over 18 million of those who tested positive did not die from COVID. Now, we've got a lot of long haul people that exist, and that's another topic. And that's a relevant topic for what happens in 2022, people seeking so much help now from all that lack of treatment they got. But only 2.8 million Americans of our over 300 million got vaccinated by December 2020. So the majority were not vaccinated by 2020. And of course, that's because the vaccine was not even available to December 2020 because after Donald Trump, Trump had already lost the 2020 election. But looking at deaths per million over these last three years, it may surprise you. In December 2020, we had, according to um, some of the stats that are out there, 1,000 COVID deaths per million. By December of 2021, we had around 2,400 COVID deaths per million. And this December 2022, we have 3,200 COVID deaths per million. Those are both 
post-COVID vaccine rollout. Now, this data is not easy to come by or interpret for this college-educated nurse. The CDC and the FDA and other acronym organizations are funded by taxpayer dollars. Remember, they work for us. According to the Center for Plain Language and the Literary Project and Wiley Communications, the U.S. literary statistics reveal that the average American reads at the 7th to 8th grade level, meaning they have a readability level equivalent to a 12 to 14-year-old. That's tough to hear. It, they say that around 4% of Americans have a low level one literacy, level one literacy, which means they are non-literate. They can't read well enough to perform activities of daily living in modern society, let alone take a literacy test. Half of United States adults can't read a book written at the eighth grade level. What a reflection of the public school system. Homeschool, homeschool. According to the American Medical Association and National Institutes of Health, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they all declare that medical information for the public should be written at no higher than an eighth grade level. Have you found it easy or difficult to find dependable, accurate data regarding this COVID pandemic? And when you think you have, how quickly is that data debunked by fact checkers? You have a, you know, you have wonderful physicians out there, highly credentialed like Dr. Peter McCullough, the FLCCC doctors, the frontline doctors, and so many other highly intelligent people whose literary abilities far surpass the population's seventh to eighth grade literary level. They who are helping the American public and world understand this pandemic disease and trying to teach the American public about early COVID treatment and how to help your loved ones who are COVID hospitalized and to fight for those best treatment options in the hospital. I mean, think of all the published wonderful work that's out there for us, thanks to them. Those doctors are censored, punished, and mocked by the very authorities who have zero early treatment options out there for us, for the American people. And, and what you can find is complex parsed out over multiple links, data that's once there is now removed. They're broken links. You can't find information you once saw in 2020. And it is extremely frustrating when we're hearing that the um, the very organizations like the CDC and the FDA and the American Medical Association who declare that we should have a, a documents written for the American public that are at the seventh or eighth grade level have actually contributed to um, the American people having a very hard time understanding what they themselves are experiencing and suffering, that the three-letter um, agencies are required to provide simple, easy-to-understand information about this disease. Honestly, whoever made finding out statistical information surrounding COVID since 2020 harder might be the people Emily Oster wants us to give amnesty to. Hmm. The American public literally should be demanding clear, concise, easily accessible data pertaining to the entire COVID pandemic immediately. While reflecting on all this in 2022, of the sources that are out there that are conflicting and difficult to compare, ourworldindata.org reports that in 2020, that 
It was never seen the amount of confirmed daily COVID-19 cases like what has been seen in 2022 all over the world. Significant spikes in COVID in January 2022 through April of 2022 only diminished to match pre-2022 COVID cases between April and June of 22, only to spike again June, July, and August of 2022, again, higher than cases that ever showed up in 2020 pre-vaccine. And guess what's been happening since November 2022? Cases and deaths above 2020 stats again. And just a little side note, the FDA issues the EUA for the use of the antiviral drug remdesivir in May 1 of 2020. And when you look at my show notes on ourworlddata.org, the daily confirmed death rate in 2020 started a daily significant rise soon after that drug was entered into the public's medical choices. So let me repeat that. After FDA remdesivir is put to use in hospitals across the United States, I'm talking about that drug that nurses like myself and family members across the country started realizing might be contributing to poor patient outcomes. In fact, the death rate was leveling off in April of 2020 and just prior to this drug being given to patients for the treatment of COVID. After this drug enters the therapeutic options, you start observing a significant steady incline in COVID-19 deaths that continue to rise from May 2020 until December 31st of 2020. But something else happens around the same time remdesivir enters the scene. In April 2020, Operation Warp Speed Initiative is started to fund COVID vaccines. And in March of 2020, AstraZeneca and Moderna had already started their phase one trials. We all may recall the first person injected with trial coronavirus vaccine. Her name was Jennifer Haller in Seattle in May of 2020. When Moderna entered their phase two trial, they had around 600 participants and the the Oxford AstraZeneca team had already enrolled about a thousand in the UK. We would not find out until 2021 that the public health officials had misled the American public into believing that if they got the COVID vaccine, Not only would they not get the disease, but they were falsely told, misled with misinformation, that they also could not transmit the virus. So all the thousands of American citizens who are in these early vaccine trials in the spring of 2020 were actually fully capable of transmitting the virus all while the unvaccinated American citizens were being berated throughout 2021 that they were the super sweaters, super spreaders. Think about it. The CDC and the NIH themselves published that the average literacy rate of the American public is equal to 12 to 14 years old. Yet our federal government authorities, like our new President Biden, had no hesitation shaming, guilting, patronizing, and minimizing a populace known to have a 12 to 14-year-old literacy rate. Your average 12-year-old does what they're told. After all, they know they're 12 years old. If the people on the news and the president and all these public authorities are out there telling a bunch of 12 to 14-year-olds that they and their relatives are going to die if these unvaccinated people don't go and get vaccinated, I suspect that's how you get a 75% compliance from the U.S. population submitting to at least two COVID vaccines. But it's 2022 now. We're looking back. 
And 2022 is excellent for hindsight reflection. So when we come back after the break, we'll look forward to reflecting on what has happened since the end of 2022. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. It's time and this is Nurses Out Loud right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, Monday through Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern. We have a different nurse every day. Be sure to go to our show page 
at americaoutloud.com slash nursesoutloud. Find us on social media and give us a follow. If you have a comment or questions, you can send us an email on our show page and please subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can hear us on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcasts, and many more. Be sure to rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Now that we're sitting here in the end of 2022, we can reflect back and see that throughout 2021, the COVID vaccinated were coming down with COVID and yes, in fact, transmitting COVID. In fact, there were so many breakthrough infections between January 2021 and April 2021, a decision was made by the CDC to only track breakthrough infections that led to hospitalization or death, effective May 2021. Now, According to ProPublica investigative journalism in The Publican, in an article entitled, The CDC Tracks a Fraction of Breakthrough COVID-19 Infections, Even as Cases Surge by the State, they state, this, of course, left the nation with a muddled understanding of COVID-19's impact on the vaccinated. The CDC said to the American vaccinated public, you coming down with COVID isn't worth counting. And suddenly, already complicated information that the public has do them is made by far more complicated than the average American with a seventh or eighth grade literary ability could comprehend. I mean, after all, all medical information is supposed to be simplified to a seventh grade level. The American people should demand the CDC produce the evidence-based medicine studies to justify denying the American vaccinated people the right to know what percentage of each of them had breakthrough COVID and what percent of those had breakthrough COVID who became hospitalized and what percent of those that had breakthrough COVID um, died from COVID. Because the medical professionals within the hospitals and outside the hospitals know that millions have had breakthrough COVID. And the medical professionals know that people are dying from COVID after having the COVID vaccine. And as of 2022 reflects on the success and failures of the COVID vaccine, the American public must demand from our senators and our congressmen who are supposed to represent us that these representatives are to force the CDC to produce accurate, easily accessible, clear data regarding these vaccines. As we reflect in 2022 on what has transpired over these last three years, let us remember COVID is a coronavirus. Coronaviruses typically are rampant December through April annually. In other words, if you're sick in the late summer, late spring and summer, it's rarely ever a coronavirus. Rather, you would see something like an adenovirus, rhinoviruses, enteroviruses, and parainfluenzas, and even the human um, metapneumonia virus that's similar to RSV, but not RSV. So if you see a continual rise in COVID, aka corona cases throughout the summer of 2020, it looks like you have a super spreader event started by the vaccine trial subjects perhaps that started getting injected just before summer of 2020. Cases continued to rise throughout the fall of 2020. And guess what happens in the fall of 2020? In September, 
the Pfizer expands to their uh, phase three trials and they add about 44,000 participants, 16 and older. And by November of 2020, they declared that their vaccine is 95% effective. Also in September, Johnson & Johnson expands to their phase three clinical trials with 60,000 participants. And that's just the only two I'm going to address right now. But that's over 100,000 Americans and just in phase three for two vaccine trials. Remember, the CDC thought your church, your classroom, your office, and your little mom and pop shop could be super spreader events. That's why they closed it down. But the CDC have declared on their history of COVID timeline that they have studies to show that the BLM riots that just so happened to have occurred also in May of 2020 did not contribute to the increase in cases. Hmm. So add to this American population in 2020, a whole bunch of COVID vaccinated people from the trials who we know in 2022 can transmit the virus. Put them in your home, your church, your work, your classroom. And we have a problem, Houston. You know, so by the time the first EUA for the Pfizer COVID vaccine was approved by the FDA in December of 2020, and then the Moderna was also approved at that time, over 100,000 people, and there's more, within the population that were part of those vaccine trials around the country we're already getting the COVID vaccines that we know were capable of spreading COVID. So it's not like December 11 was suddenly the first time people were vaccinated. Rather, it is the first time masses of the American public lined up to get COVID-19 newly released vaccines. Um, and on that data site that I had mentioned earlier, um, ourworldindata.org, they keep a count of daily confirmed COVID-19 cases. And interestingly enough, the largest amount of daily confirmed COVID-19 cases were at its highest for 2020 after the phase three trials began and continue to rise all the way through December of 2020. And January into February of 2021 showed a little lull in the cases for about 30 days. But by March and May of 2021, it was back up higher than it was in December of 2020. And even when the cases dropped, you know, June and July of 2021, it was still nearly 200,000 more cases per day than in June of 20, June and July of 2020. I mean, let that sink in. You can find the link to what I'm saying here to my Instagram account in the link in my bio. Um, And throughout 2021, as an influencer on Instagram, I was inundated with thousands of followers reporting to me that they had successfully evaded catching COVID-19 all throughout 2020 and most of 2021 until their relatives who had avoided them throughout the pandemic out of fear of the virus suddenly had gotten their COVID vaccine and were suddenly welcoming relatives into their homes and back into their lives and back into their presence. And within one week later, my followers are coming down with COVID-19 and they were convinced it was their vaccinated relatives who gave it to them. So something like that may sound like anecdotal statements, but I mean, I have thousands of followers and thousands of followers reported to me those exact same stories, people in different states, all around the country, literally all around the world. People were saying to me that this phenomenon was happening to them. It's like all of a sudden I've got some kind of different strain than what I had in 2020. It wasn't the same kind of virus. They were facing this um, 
Delta really scary virus in 2021 after they got around their COVID vaccinated friends. I mean, and now we know there is data that has been published that shows that there is a shedding component that happens in the COVID vaccinated. So it really shouldn't surprise us that people are testifying to this. And the question is, where's the simplified science data out there for the American public to read about it? Let's go back to Deborah Burks's book um, that she published in 2022. Um, one of the statements she says is that data is everything in a pandemic. But for my listeners, let's not forget the data that was initially brought to the attention of the Trump White House and the world, you know, public officials like herself were actually um, shown to be that there was a great deal of inaccuracy and misrepresentation of what actually did happen. The Lancet published an article called Revisiting the Initial COVID-19 Pandemic Projections, and it states that early projections of the COVID-19 pandemic prompted federal governments to action. One critical report publicized in March of 2020 received international attention when it predicted 22 million deaths in the United States. Um, with some kind of, you know, without some kind of coordinated response. And this information became foundational in decisions to implement physical distancing and adherence to other public health measurements because it established the upper boundary of any of the worst case scenarios. Looking back now, it, it appears that our medical community just acquiesced to the submission to the public health guidelines without demanding of the public health authorities to have um, credible evidence-based science for themselves to make decisions on. Let's just take the social distancing mandate as a perfect example of one policy that altered the course of a nation because it was enacted and obeyed without the majority of the medical community demanding evidence-based medicine. Just think how many sticker companies got rich in 2020 making all those six-foot social distancing stickers for every business floor in America and plexiglass companies provided for every single checkout clerk in stores across America. I bet they never saw that amount of business coming their way. But let me just inspire you all out there. I'm sure you remember little bits of news that had gotten out through social media that a kid's science project was actually the original inspiration for the social distancing and isolation concepts. But let me be sure to remember that, you know, how we got here from 2022. So believe it or not, it is true that a 15-year-old teenager who just happens to have a scientist for a father literally affected societal change all over the planet with the isolation and social distancing concept by simply participating as one of 1,500 students in a science and engineering fair in 2006. Just imagine what you as a teenager who may be out there listening could accomplish in America if she was able to do that. Because in May of 2020, that science fair participant's father was interviewed by the Albuquerque, New Mexico Journal. By 2020, the teenager was by then 29 years old, but her dad was being interviewed. And granted, her science project did happen to dovetail with the work her father did for the federally funded Sandia National Laboratories in New Mexico that does just so happen to focus on national security, striving to apply science to help detect, repel, defeat, or mitigate threats. 
And her father did work on complex systems, modeling where you could define a person and put them in a grid, move them around and find who they could come in contact with. And she apparently inquired as to what her dad's work was and whether or not diseases could be contact and traced as well. And that student, whose name was Laura Glass, um, discussed how person-to-person contact is one of the more common ways that infectious diseases are spread. And with some guidance from her dad, devised a computer simulation that showed how people, family members, coworkers, students in schools, people and social situations interact. And what she discovered was that school kids come in contact with about 140 people a day and more than any other group. And based on that finding, her program showed in a hypothetical town of 10,000 people, 5,000 would be infected during a pandemic if no measures were taken, but only 500 would be infected if the schools were closed. The Albuquerque Journal goes on to express that the before this staggering revelation by Laura Glass, and her third place win in the Intel Fair in Indianapolis in 2006, her dad, Robert Glass, the year prior in 2005, had reached out to NISAC stating, could we prepare a brief summary for Secretary Michael Chertoff of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security? Um, The George Bush administration had been concerned about bioterrorism in the wake of 9-11, and also was worried about contagious diseases outbreak and the and how and looking for a way to respond to such a pandemic. This NISAC brief was needed for a cabinet level tabletop exercise at the White House. And Robert Glass posed the question that could be done to avoid disaster. What could be done if there was no vaccine and limited antiviral supplies? And collaborating with his daughter, she suggested, why don't you close the schools? And he admittedly took advice from his high school daughter. And he ran his daughter's study through the Sandia's computers and worked the results in the reports to see. And he sent it to Washington. And that research was refined and it was concluded that in this, the case of more intense infections, closures might have to extend beyond schools to workplaces and social situations. Um, But the committee offered some tough opposition considering, you know, the economic and social upheavals caused by insisting people stay home. We all know that personally now, but after rigorous review and development, the CDC made social distancing, AKA also called non-pharmaceutical interventions or NPIs, official U.S. policy in 2007. Uh, Along comes COVID in 2020, and it was implemented extensively for the first time and was used as this country's main weapon in the battle against COVID. Now that it's safe to admit these things are true in 2022, isn't it nice to know that your teenager in their science project right now could be literally creating U.S. public policy for the next pandemic? I wanted to share some of those reflective stories looking back over the past three years, but there are some other truths we cannot just move on away from. Censorship under the Biden administration is happening in this country. The Twitter files are revealing that our government that is supposed to be for the people intentionally silenced medical professionals speaking out. Some tried to speak out on behalf of President Trump and other and his accomplishments. 
Others tried to speak out against the Trump administration's warp speed vaccines and the public health authorities. Many have spoken out against the recommendations like masks, social distancing, and a population have um, had that have an eighth grade education in literacy and doing their own digging are crying out and doing their digging and speaking out and they're being ignored. Myself and thousands of Americans are being silenced and censored and our social media accounts are being denied the right to monetize as a form of punishment. 2022 is a reminder that people have lost their incomes and abilities to feed their families because of mandates. Let's not forget, at this time last year, college students were in duress, scurrying to either get vaccinated by mandates by order of their colleges before January 22's return to class, while others risked job loss if not vaccinated by January 22. People were bullied into submission in America. 22 was kicked off on January 13th by the U.S. Supreme Court publishing a landmark ruling regarding the legality of COVID-19 vaccine mandates issued by two federal judges. Mask experts, also known as industrial hygienists, who are the real authorities on masks, were censored and prevented from getting out the actual science on masks. But they prevailed in 2022 when the Supreme Court ruled OSHA mandates were unconstitutional, but only for those employers with less than 100 employees. And CMS mandates still tyrannically affect medical professionals every day and have contributed to a mass exodus of nurses from the profession in 2022 and 21. And also because of the people that did not rise up and demand that nurses and doctors not be forced to get a vaccine that does not protect the patient from transmission is putting the patient at risk due to less staff working. Still, All throughout 2022, people were still facing school and job discrimination based on the ignorance of their employers and schools regarding these uh, mandates. 2022 was full of patients suffering with long COVID, seeking help from their doctors and finding no help, and are now desperately seeking help from people like myself to help them find help and hope. Because our public health and major teaching institutions are failing to provide validation that these people are in fact injured. Because the medical profession has failed to provide early treatment options for them in 2020 and 2021. Because the focus has been on vaccines versus helping the patient. We have thousands of COVID vaccine injured people who are being gaslit and not being provided much needed help. In 2023, we want an explanation for why it appears that people are having sudden severe medical situations and some dying suddenly. We want autopsies. We want disclosed information about what is happening to children and that, and we want to know what happened with those who were vaccinated and those who did not get the vaccine. Even though we have 75% of American public vaccinated by at least two shots, we have increasing COVID cases in spite of four COVID vaccines available to the public. We have data banks that do not show comparisons of the zero vaccinated compared to those with one to four vaccines. Why are the data sets lumping people vaccinated with one vaccine in the same category as those with zero vaccines? Why is that? And why is anyone okay with it? Looking back in 2023, the American people must demand data on the fully unvaccinated. How many did get that vaccine and got the disease and how many recovered? 
And, and those who didn't get the vaccine, did they get the disease and how many recovered? If they got early treatment, did they have a better outcome? If they did not get early treatment, are they suffering with long haulers? Of the unvaxxed that died with COVID, how many of them died before December of 2020's vaccine rollout versus how many died after the rollout? And did they die after they received remdesivir in the hospital or did they die at home? We want to know in a simplistic, easy to read format so that all can understand. In 2023, we want an explanation of where all, what, what is all the hullabaloo that went on regarding monkeypox? How many of those monkeypox vaccines actually got used? How much spread affected the American public that were not in the high-risk situations? We want to know. We want our medical authorities to take up Steve Kirsch's million-dollar challenge. We want to hear a public debate on the facts around the pandemic and the vaccines. And we want an explanation for why you are not taking up a public debate. Why are your congressmen not showing up at the roundtable discussions being run by Senator Ron Johnson? If your representatives have been telling you in 2022 that disparities have been happening to Black communities and you're in the Black community, find out from your senator and your congressman, did they attend the 2020, 2021, and 2022 debates in Congress under oath by doctors who were providing access to knowledge about early treatment? And what did your congressman do to make sure you had access to that knowledge? And did they contribute to suppressing that knowledge from you as an American citizen? In 2023, the American public needs to speak out boldly and let your politicians know that you will not tolerate the silencing and censoring of medical doctors and nurses. You must act and speak out that you want a zero censorship policy in your city and state and country, and that you will not tolerate an American Medical Association that comes after doctors who, because they offer an opposing view within the medical sciences, somehow have, have the right that the AMA has some kind of right to come and threaten taking away these doctors' licenses simply because they have an opposing view on the medical sciences? No, 2022's passive lack of resistance must stop. And while I'm blasting out my end of year, end of 2022 frustrations, last but certainly not least, in 2023, we want our, med our medical and government authorities to explain in simple terms for all of us to understand why in 2022 is transgender ideology being shoved down the American public's throat. Aren't we in a pandemic? Aren't we under emergency guidelines? Aren't we hearing about the need for lockdowns and masks and more vaccines? Well, there if there is such a terrifying risk of a virus spread, why does our government seem to be so very focused on drag queens and schools promoting transgender curricula? This just baffles me and has left me at the end of 2022 asking, is the American public waking up yet? Do your neighbors, do your friends, do your co-workers know that you have an opposing view to what's going on in our society? Are you speaking out? Are you speaking up? 
Are you actually calling your senators and representatives? Do they hear your extreme frustration? Do they hear your discontentment? Are you showing up at school board meetings and protesting what is happening? If you have social media, are you posting content that you know will potentially influence your followers to recognize that something is very wrong going on here? And leave you with a quick quote. Let not anyone pacify his conscience by the delusion that he can do no harm if he takes no part and forms no opinion. Bad men need nothing more to compass their ends than that good men should look on and do nothing. He is not a good man who, without a protest, allows wrong to be committed in his name and with the means which he helps to supply because he will not trouble himself to use his mind on the subject. John Stuart Mill. So I hope you will enter into 2023 with a new passion and fervor and that you'll join us on Nurses Out Loud and help us shine the light as we expose the darkness going on in our country and tune in daily and help us put out a bounty on the real misinformation because if you have not figured it out yet, we are in a war for truth. It's time